Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Chris is playing injured today. He's got some sort of a bug, and I'm glad to know that it's a bug that we're all going to eventually have. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a scene out of Family Guy before yeah, you know it. It could be. I don't know. Uh, My damn wife gave it to me on Monday, and now I'm well, stuck. Well, now I know. Now your work wife's going to have it on Thursday yes, or Friday. Probably. Thank you. I'm very much looking forward to that. Chris's cockeyed scheme to warm up his coffee mug by filling it with hot water. Oh, baby. Then. When it's time to put the coffee in the mug, he has to do something with the water. Drink it? No, no, he doesn't drink the water. Yeah, baby, it's in there. He pours the water into the trash can. 82% of you agree with me that it is not appropriate to ever pour liquid into a trash can. Yes, that was something we tripped over last week. And it didn't occur to me at the time that you did have a specific history with trash cans involving something far more Very foul specific. <laughs> than, than water. But uh, wait, you, where, where I don't think I've really stand? told you. You this. have. Go ahead. Well, I was I, like, so this is like I had a, a little bit of an epiphany last year, uh, like maybe in the summer about that sickness at the combine. And I never really got to this with you. I don't think I ever really had the flu or was sick. So here's what I did. I think this is why I got sick. And I can't believe I did this. You know I'm a germ freak. On the flight to Indianapolis that week, I was in the airport. I was waiting for a burger to get made, right, in this nice spot in LaGuardia Airport. But I was in a little bit of a rush. There's no nice spot in LaGuardia Airport. No, there is a little bit. There's a few. You gotta. It's, it's not always in the right terminal. You got to be in the right terminal. But yes, I, it's a crappy airport altogether. But there's this one spot that's nice. They got a great food court. And I bought the burger and I had somebody walk into me and it knocked on the ground. And you know, it kind of had the pa- oh. <laughs> it had the paper on it still, Mike. But I was in a rush. And normally I would have been like, no way am I touching this or eating this. 
I'm going back to get another burger. And I just said, ooh, I don't think it really hit the ground, and I ate it. And I'm telling you, that's what I got. I, <laughs> so I've been meaning to tell you this. Uh, so now we're on air on live TV. I'll tell you now. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and thank I think you. that's where I had some sort of bacterial thing in my stomach uh, that day. So what an idiot There I are am. certain places right. where the five-second rule should never apply. Never. LaGuardia Airport is number one on the list. Oh, my god! No five-second rule at LaGuardia Airport. Ever. I am, I am literally the guy that's like when people come in my house, <laughs> I tell them to take the sneakers off and like do things like that. Like I am such a germ freak that way. I can't believe I no, did it. You have, no, no, you, you're, you're not a germ freak. No, apparently not. If you, if you pick up a hamburger that is struck the ground at LaGuardia Airport, you can no longer call yourself a germ freak. No. Ever. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. the opposite of a germ freak. Yeah, I don't know Good what I am. Good Lord. I'm a dirty Good dirt ball God. is what I am. That's disgusting. What do, my God, anything <laughs> else you want to confess? <laughs> I hope not. Let me think. Hold on. <laughs> we got an hour left. I got I got other stuff. Yeah, my we're in the trust tree. Right? No one's listening. <laughs> what in the world? Oh Every time. Does this, is this like a common occurrence on Wednesdays? Was it last Wednesday when we tripped down this rabbit hole with the dump the water? The water? I think it was. Yes, uh, Wednesday. Good Hump Lord. day. I got it. You gotta get things what off are we my even chest. Doing here? <laughs> well, there are certain things that should stay on your chest. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't including know do hamburgers that. that fall down to the floor. They should stay on your chest and not in your mouth. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to react to that or pivot to anything. Let's just put it out to a poll. Do people football. eat stuff, food off? You know the. Airport floors. I, I have a feeling <laughs> I'm gonna lose that, that it would one? be even more of a landslide than last week. <laughs> Does the five second rule apply at LaGuardia Airport? <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Here, here's Sean Payton, coach of the Saints, on Dan Patrick's show from Tuesday. Now that they have Drew Brees retired, Taysom Hill restructured, Jameis Winston re-signed, Sean Payton talking about whether and to what extent the Saints are finished at adding quarterbacks to the depth chart. Are you set at the quarterbacking position? I think we are. I think we are. And and look, there, there'll be a few calls we made, but our goal coming into the offseason was to obviously re-sign Jameis. Taysom played for us in four games last year and let those guys go to work and, 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 uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about those two. Now, there, there, there are a few things that, that may still be out there, but I, I, I see those two competing for this position. Who's your starting quarter? Uh, give me your depth chart right now. Who, who is the uh, – who's Well, those two one? are going to be sitting there. I mean, I, 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 obviously, I've told both of them, hey, it's going to be – you know, the two of you are going to compete for this position. In, in, uh, and they understand it. And they'll come in. We've already had a chance to to see both of them to some degree. I think last year was important for us relative to Jameis. We had had Taysom in the building, but it gave us a year to evaluate him, and it also gave him a year to evaluate us. And and I think that was important. And, hey, it worked out for the Saints. The praise of Jameis Winston was real. It didn't cause someone else to swoop in and grab Jameis Winston, and now he has an opportunity to, to win the job. And that's consistent with what Peyton told us. He said it elsewhere. It's a competition. It's always a competition. There's no sacred cow there. 
It's Taysom Hill or it's Jameis Winston, and Winston's going to have a chance to win the job. And you know what? We're probably going to see both guys, especially if Winston does win the job. We'll probably see Taysom Hill doing exactly what he's been doing for the past several years, Chris. That's right. I mean, I, I agree with you there. Like, if Jameis Winston did win the job, I mean, yeah, you're still going to see, I think, Taysom Hill run packages. And, of course, he'll be on the field being an H-back, a fullback, a slot receiver, all those type of things. There's no doubt. Um, you know, I, I, I would imagine, Mike, just at base level, like when they start training camp and, yeah, they're going to compete, that, that it will be Taysom Hill's job to lose it will be a competition, but I would say he gets the first team reps that first day, week of training camp, right? Probably into that first preseason game, and you see where it goes from there. But, hey, the evaluation, like Sean talked about, and one, he got to see Taysom Hill play quarterback, which was big, you know, because the year before it was Teddy Bridgewater, and he did some really good things. And then, of course, yes, like he talked about also the Jameis Winston evaluation and just seeing – you know, the man, what he's capable of, how did he adapt to the offense and, you know, absorb it all. Obviously, from everything we've heard from him when he's talked to us, he kind of gushes about Jameis. So he's obviously excited. I will say this. I think we're set at quarterback. There might still be something out there. though. though the, I mean, Sean Payton, as we know, the reason I love Sean Payton is because he's honest. I mean, you know, he, he's, he wears wears it on his sleeve. He really does. He, he always has. I mean, even like, hey, last year, he tweets at pro football talk, right? Like insiders on the outside, just where they should be. He's cool like that. And to me, that like just little inkling there meant maybe there's something still on their radar, but like 95% sure it's going to be Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And you can't seal off opportunities because you never know what's going to fall. Yeah, no, I know. You You're right. Know. You right. never know. Right. Um, but uh, and you're always looking for upgrades. You're always looking for better. And hey, they can make it work with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Definitely. But they're not they're not top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. And if some guy falls into your lap some way, somehow you don't want to seal off that possibility. And I think the draft is a possibility as well, potentially yeah, for the New sure. Orleans Saints. So, uh, uh, hey, one thing we know about the Saints, with Sean Payton crafting the offense, constantly looking for new ideas, new plays, new ways to get the most out of the 11 guys he has on the field at any given moment, they are going to be competitive, and they probably are going to be pretty damn good, even without Drew Brees. All due respect to Drew Brees. I'm not concerned that the Saints are going to fall off the face of the earth no. now that Drew Brees has retired, because Sean Payton had a hell of a lot to do with why Drew Brees did what he did. I don't want to take anything away from Drew Brees. Yeah, right. But Sean Payton had a hell of a lot to do with what we've seen over the last 15 years from Drew Brees. No doubt. A lot to do over the 15 years. And, and really more specifically, I think, to what you're saying, Mike, is just the last few years especially has been at least more Sean Payton in my eyes than Drew Brees. It's been, you know – the reorchestrating of the offensive line, the run game, of course, the Taysom Hill package, kind of tailoring the offense a little bit to Drew and the fact that, hey, yeah, the arm was diminishing and those type of things. So that's where he's special. We've seen them be successful without Drew Brees. I mean, what are they? Eight and one the last two years without him? I believe it's right around that range. It's seven and one, eight and one. I think Taysom Hill won three and one last year, right? Teddy Bridgewater, five and oh, the year before. Uh, they're still. You know, a really good football team, but man, they've had to make a lot of moves. They've had to shake up that roster a little bit to where it's affected their depth and things like that, but none of the real marquee players, which I think you can look at and still go, 
you know, the Saints are still going to be a force in the NFC, and I don't expect them to go anywhere to, to what you're saying. Eight and one combined between 2019 and 2020 during the games that Drew Brees missed. Eight and one. That's a higher winning percentage, I suspect, than Drew Brees generated during his time with the New Orleans Saints. Eight and one is pretty damn good. Right. And again, not that not that that's sustainable. It's right. a short period of time. And by the time that the defenses have fully figured out what Sean Payton's up to, Drew Brees is back. But we'll find out this year whether it's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, or who knows, mystery candidate. The Saints should be fine, even though they will be dealing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice, as they always do, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending NFL champions, a team that knows a thing or two about winning championships, the New England Patriots. They are still doing it, Whoa. Chris. They won't stop yesterday. Oh, surely they're done. Surely they're done. Nope. Hunter Henry, the latest addition as of yesterday morning to the New England Patriots. Two tight ends now, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith on the Patriots roster, and they add receiver Nelson Aguilar, and they sign all these other guys, and there's Julian Edelman with the Boston, get it, get it, I'm not get it, the Boston T-E party. I got it. Well done, Julian Edelman. And and photoshopped out, that was a classic shot of Bill Belichick at the annual coach's breakfast at the league meetings, drinking his orange juice while inundated with questions. He's now sipping some tea. So, (laughs) uh, hey, I I don't, I've seen, and you're always going to have naysayers, we, we, we know that you can't go out and buy a championship in free agency. I just love to witness this. It's yeah. so different than anything we've ever seen. It's so unlike anything. My God, Johnny Smith has a huge neck. Yes, he it's, does. It's, that's that's Takeo Spike's territory. It's, it's up there. Um, my God. I How had I never seen that before? But uh, but anyway, um, I, I just I, I love this experiment. Let's see. If, of any team out there that would do something like this. Because I've seen people say, oh, if any other team did this, we'd be saying how stupid they are. Well, six Super Bowl championships gets you the benefit of the doubt, people. I I don't get it. yeah, we're fascinated by this. I don't get what the negativity is. I I really don't. These are all players who have had their career years in 2020, and uh, statistically and analytically. Oh, I mean, get over it. These are going to regress to the mean in 2021, and they won't be any good. Well, uh, no. It's Bill Belichick. Yes. He knows what he's doing. and to what we've talked about the, a remember lot. Remember the thing from the Super Bowl when he does this? Yeah. When they boot him and he shows his rings? Right. He's got those rings for a reason. He didn't buy them on eBay, That's people. That's right. He's got eight rings. He's got eight rings. You know, the, the, he knows what he's doing. He's the guy that, you know, mastered great defensive game plans against Elway and Jim Kelly to win those Super Bowls, too. Like, this guy, the, first off, here's the big thing. What's the issue with Bill Belichick when it comes to evaluating? If there, it's, it's the draft. It's not this type of stuff. We and t- develop. It's draft and develop. It's draft it's and develop. Draft. Right. It's these, but these guys, like we talked about, and I think we joked about it a month ago. Like kill it in free agency, proven commodities. Belichick and company are awesome with proven commodities. Once they get to see it on the NFL field, they are just better than whatever you know, as far as evaluating the college player and does it translate to the NFL. I look at this and just go, wow, I don't know what there's not to like. You know, I, maybe there's not the superstar like I talked about on my podcast yesterday. There's no Kenny Galladay. Okay, the two receivers they got are damn good. These two tight ends, Jonas Smith is a freak of nature. Hunter Henry was, you know, a, a top tight end picked in the draft for a reason. They got real talent. And then I think you couple those receivers with Cam Newton, a running back, and like we've talked about, the best offensive line in football, they're going to create mismatches all over the field. 
it's going to be hard to match personnel with them. That's where McDaniels and Belichick become special. Oh, it's two tight ends in the game. Oh, and the running back and Cam Newton. Oh, wait, wait. One of the tight ends is split out at slot receiver. The other tight end's at fullback now. Wait, what do we do here? Hold on. Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to pass the ball? Oh, next time, next play, it's two tight ends to the right, and they're going to run smash mouth football over there. Now both both tight ends are split out in the slot, and you got Nelson Aguilar and, and Kendrick Bourne coming in motion, faking a speed sweep, play action, doing that type of stuff. To me, it fits perfectly with the quarterback they have and the offensive line they have. And New England's not the type that goes out and spends big money on one guy. They're just not. They've done that, what, with Adelius Thomas, right? Fail. Stephon Gilmore. And Stephon Gilmore, which was pass. I mean, the best corner in football the last four or five years. One of the best free agent signings ever. So... Uh, I, I don't know what people are so mad at with the New England thing. I, I think they're on the right track here so far. And re- whether it works or not, it's great. It's different. It's fascinating. Yes. There's a hell of a story here. What do you root for? I root for a great story. And you know what a great story is in 2021? Whatever the hell this Patriots experiment becomes, it's either going to work or it's going to explode. Either way, it's going to be fun to watch. And something occurred to me as we're talking about this whole failure of draft and develop, because it isn't just we pick the wrong guy. It's the guys we pick we can't make into great NFL players. Right. I suspect that here's a similarity between Bill Belichick and your guy, John Gruden. I think Belichick's got no patience for these guys who are wet behind the ears, these guys who are who are overwhelmed by the moment. And his attitude is get that guy, get this guy the hell off here. Get somebody out here. No. Please get somebody out here who knows what the hell they're doing. Tell that guy just get just get him off of my field. And maybe guys don't get the opportunity to develop under Belichick. This is just something I'm pulling out yeah, of I hear you. or elsewhere. Maybe they don't get a full chance to develop because he doesn't have the patience to deal with a bunch of guys who don't know what they're doing. And a lot of guys coming into the NFL don't know what they're doing. No, that there's. I think there's some aspect to that. I think there's more patience with him than John Gruden. I'll say that. Uh, (laughs) you lived that well you've lived both of it but a little bit you had a unique perspective on Gruden definitely and and you know it's and again it's a lot of coaches are like that whether they just go hey I'd rather have the guy that's kind of been here done that uh don't want to develop the young guys and then there's other coaches where you look at and they're the opposite where they're great at developing the young guys and not necessarily good with the established you know salty veteran who comes into town and thinks things should be done this way or that way because they were done that way and at one point um yeah, they've missed out. To me, one of their biggest issues, and I've always said this with the draft and everything like that, is at times I feel like they just they evaluate the intangibles too much. Oh, he's smart. He does this, all of that, over the guy where you go, wait, but this guy, we just watched 100 plays of this guy and 100 plays of this guy, and this guy was better. Yeah, this guy had three mistakes out of the 100. Let's not drop them around in the draft. And this guy who didn't make a ton of plays made no mistakes, but also made no plays. That to me was always my roundabout way of why the draft didn't work for them. There was a little too much value on on that stuff rather than the pure talent, I guess, is what I'm basically saying uh, in that situation. But either way, I love these moves. I really do. We talked about it all last year, what they needed to do on defense, their issues there. They've addressed it. It's the first year in forever that they've actually had holes to legitimately fill and do this. And Belichick's being aggressive and making moves, and, and I think they're smart moves to go on top of that. 
and they had to do it. The roster right. wasn't good. They were still right. seven and nine last year, but this is a team that scratched and clawed and right. scraped for every win they got. So you take that ability of the coaching staff yes. in any given game to keep it close. Was there a game that they were just blown off the field? The 49ers blew them the off Rams, the Rams, The Rams right? were the other one, that Thursday Rams, night game. Yeah. Those two games yeah. where they just got steamrolled in the run game, if you remember. Yeah. So you've got needs on your roster. You address them. You make a bad team better, and you still have Bill Belichick and the coaching staff. And again, seven and nine. Yeah, it's the first losing season since 2000, but they weren't far away, and they're not far away. And it's, I, I just, I, I think that, that to see this happen when it was so unexpected, I thought they'd sit back and wait and bargain shop. Yeah. And I think what they did was they, they took the initiative. They went to these agents and said, this is the best you're going to do. You better take it. You better take it while right. you can, or your guy's going to be wondering what happened. And he's going to be asking you tough questions about why you didn't take that deal that was on the table. So you better take it. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? And I think that's what they did. I agree. I Everything agree. Everything about this crazy upside down year to their advantage. And that is quintessential Patriots. Whatever the rules, whatever the lay of the land, whatever the circumstance, they crack the code and they use it as a sword, not as a shield. I uh, agreed. And I, Mike, I think the way you just kind of like explain that, to me, that's what they did. You know, it, it is, it's a little bit of, these aren't like first day, the usual first day splash signings. Okay, maybe Jonu Smith is. The rest of these guys are, and Matt Judon, maybe those two guys, they, they qualify as that. These other guys are typically second week, uh, second week of free agency guys. But I think they looked at it and said, wait, we got money and we want these guys and they fit to how we're going to play. Let's get it done now so we don't risk like maybe some other team coming in, stealing them, whatever it may be. Here's a good offer, maybe a little above market price because we got the money, but... We know we like you, and don't you want to be at a place here where we're going to pay you a little bit more and you know we really like you as a player? And I think that's where they jumped all over it, and, and that's where amazing. And you're right, Mike. I also love your other point there. I mean, they're 7-9 and nine with a not-great roster last year. Their coaching is phenomenal. How many games did they just absolutely play it exactly the right way? I mean, they played perfect in the Jets game, and they had to come back from 10 points late in the fourth quarter to try to win the football game. That just tells you that the, the talent was not there. But with these guys, it's typical New England. Versatility and depth. Oh, we can do all these different things with these guys. We can be very malleable to no matter who we play week after week. Oh, you want to play this way? Okay, we got the ability to do that. Oh, you want to play that way? Okay, we got the ability to do that. And the positions that are important to them, like tight end, now they go... Okay, we got one injury. We don't have to like reformulate our offense and our team. They got insurance for all these spots too, and that's where the Patriots are are brilliant that way. That's the key in working the cap, having the depth when injuries inevitably happen. The guy who comes in isn't some wide-eyed rookie exactly gets overwhelmed by the moment, but somebody who's been there and done that. And the versatility is critical, as you were saying. You can go into no huddle offense whenever you want and create mismatches and move these guys around. Yep. And they've gotten back to it. And and I think that that you know something happened at some point over the past few months where Belichick just said, I've had enough of this crap. We got the money. We got the cap space. We're going to go and we're going to do this. And uh, I, I, it's just going to be fun to see. People are going to think that, uh, oh, oh, why are you rooting for the Patriots? I'm not. I'm rooting for something compelling. And I think it's pretty damn compelling that a team that was used to being 
at the very top right. that gets knocked off for a year and is rendered irrelevant for a year has decided that we're we're coming at you, NFL, with a vengeance in 2021. I, I love that because you never too. see that happen. Right. I, I know. And they've never really been in this, you know, position. And, I, you know, you and I, we, we always root for the Patriots. We, we do. We, not because, like, we're Patriot fans, but – they just show you how things should and should be done so much of the time. That's where you respect the Patriots and then their ability to think outside the box for an old school coach and all that type of stuff. I mean, that's where he's amazing. That's where he's the greatest coach in the history of football, and it's not even close. Every time we think it's Zig, he zags. He's always ahead of the game, you know, where the game is going on the field, you know, how to manage comp compensatory picks, trading down in the draft. Oh, we think they'll sit back in week two. Whoa, they explode on the first day of free agency. You never know what they're going to do, and it's always well thought out, and Belichick always has a plan. And the thing about compensatory picks, look, you only get them if you have net free agency losses. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like they carry over from one year to the next if you go crazy in one year. I mean, if you're not going to get compensatory picks, you may as well sign everybody. You know, get, go because it's not like they take them away from you. Yeah. In the future, just sign everybody now, and yeah, we'll we'll get back to compensatory picks at some point down the road. I just don't think Belichick cares. I don't know how many more years he's going to be there, but he doesn't care That's about right. the compensatory picks. He cares about right now, and he's done what he has to do right now. Right now, you can vote on Twitter on the question of whether or not the five second rule applies at LaGuardia Airport. Uh, <laughs> what a shock that this is already. A landslide. Is there going to be just, any votes oh, on the other side? That's where I want to know. There are. There's always. Look, we we could put up the most obvious question, and there would be people who vote the other way just to say they vote the other way. I mean, are human beings born with lungs? You put that up, and there would be people who vote no. There was there's some conspiracy theory out there that we're not born with lungs. lungs aren't real. Surgically, surgically installed at the moment that you emerge <laughs> from uh, your birth canal. And uh, th there's going to be somebody who believes that. So it's not going to be 100, but it should be pretty damn close. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Plenty more free agent news to share with you and analyze. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. 
Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. People are saying this is an upgrade, and, and do you guys feel like with the defense, now this amazing QB that you're a lock for the Super Bowl? I don't want to say a lot because uh, it's any given Sunday in this league, and that's 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 just respect to each and every team. So I don't want to say a lot for Super Bowl, but, you know, with having a quarterback like that and just seeing, you know, what we did last year and, you know, just seeing what he, he can bring to this team, there's no, you know what I'm saying, no wonder why we can't, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the best answer for that. In your heart, is it a level up? Is it a, is it a level up in my, in my heart, deeply just understanding what he brings? It's a level up. That's Michael Brockers behind the Rams mask there at LAX talking about the trade that as of 4 p.m. Eastern today will make Matthew Stafford a Ram and Jared Goff a Lion. And Brockers stating the obvious, it's a level up to get Stafford over Goff. And also at 4 p.m. Eastern today, Chris Brockers will be traded (laughs) to the Lions. Uh. Hello, Jared. That wasn't me. That was not me. That was not me. They thought it was me. It was not me. Uh, what what an what an awkwardness. Unbelievable. He may have been taken out of context, as Pete says. You can always use that one. Right. Nobody knows what it means, but it's always better than always saying I said good. something I shouldn't have said. It sounds great. Yes. Nobody uses it correctly, but it sounds great. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. I, you know, I mean, that's uh, a tough situation. The Rams, you know, I'm sure they didn't want to let go of Michael Brockers. But as we've talked about over the last few days, they got issues with the salary cap. This is one of those where it probably hurt them to trade him away. He's a really damn good football player. But Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, giving that big money to Leonard Floyd and the other issues they have, they just they can't keep everybody. Yeah, and uh, definitely, definitely an awkward moment when he sees Jared Goff again. Uh, not that Jared Goff doesn't have bigger issues to deal with as he gets his feet wet in Detroit, but that just adds to it. All right, how about some fill in the blank? Yeah. After being traded from the Rams to the Lions, Michael Brockers should be what, Chris? Uh, uncomfortable <laughs> uh, to what you said. I mean, yeah, uncomfortable, one, because, yes, he's going to have to see Jared Goff at some point, but two, like, uncomfortable in the fact that man, I- I'm sure he didn't want to leave the Rams, the best defense in football, for kind of a rebuild of the Detroit Lions. I know that again, he's going to do it. Yeah, he's still going to make $9 million this year and all those type of things. But as, as far as pure football is concerned, I'm sure he's a little underwhelmed by the move altogether. Cold, hard reality of the business. Just a couple of weeks ago, he's talking about the Rams being a Super Bowl contender, and he's the one that said they have the real 99, not – the Cardinals with J.J. Watt in Aaron Donald. No Aaron Donald in Detroit. Now, he has a higher profile on that defense, and he's part of something new. You can cook yourself up into thinking anything positive about whatever you get thrown into. Sure. You have to. You have to. You got to adjust. You got, you, got to, you got to make the change. Hey, I'm going to Detroit. I got to be positive. I got two choices. I can be positive. I can be negative. But it's, it's definitely an awkward time for Michael Brockers. And he won't be saying at any airport anytime soon that the Lions – are Super Bowl contenders. And if he does, the guy from TMZ is going to laugh in his face. All right, Trent Williams re-signing with the 49ers. And this is a huge one. His agency announces six years, $138 million with $55 million guaranteed, a record for an offensive lineman. 
Trent Williams staying with the 49ers was what, Chris? Essential. I mean, that's the way I look at it for the 49ers, at least, for my buddy Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I know how he values tackles and great offensive linemen and all of that, and Trent Williams is, is the best left tackle in the NFL. You know, I, I would say he's top two or three as far as com it comes to pass protection, right in that conversation with Bakhtiari and Laramie Tunzel. Run blocking, he's got a leg up on all those guys. He, he is the best run blocking left tackle in football. And when you're Kyle Shanahan and your offense is all about the run game and the trickeration and the things they do, they ask those guys to do some versatile stuff that other left tackles are not asked to do. So that's big. I mean, Trent Williams, and then they got Alex Mack to go along with that, the old center that Shanahan had with the Falcons. And you sit there and go, oh, well, 49ers O-line, top notch. Once again, here we go. Yeah, it was stunning that they went to $23 million plus to get it done. Uh, the reports were they were willing to pay up to twenty. Well, apparently they decided at some point they needed more. For a guy who's 32, who sat out all of 2019, yeah. who had a cancerous growth on his head that the Washington doctors, according to him, didn't properly deal with. I mean, the guy's come a long way. He's still the best at what he does, and that's why he's getting that much money. But anybody else could have signed him. And uh, he squeezed the 49ers for top dollar, and good for him. Washington replacing cornerback Ronald Darby with William Jackson the third, signed from the Bengals, is what, Chris? I mean, I'm awesome, okay? I, I got nothing tricky to say here. Awesome. That's what it is. William Jackson, I'm a big fan. Anybody that listens to my podcast, I am a big fan of William Jackson. You know, he is a legit man-to-man -man island corner. The Bengals have put a lot of pressure on him over the last few years. Hey, there's Odell Beckham Jr., man-to-man, -man, all over the field. Yeah, it's 100 yards long and 52 and a third yards wide. It's okay. You can cover him everywhere he goes. So, hey, there's going to be some plays out there where you see him get beat and do things like that, certainly. But, man, I, I think he was the top corner on the market for my money. Like uh, that, That's where I'm shocked by that Shaquille Griffin signing. Shaquille Griffin, to me, is not in the same class as William Jackson, and they paid him more money there in Jacksonville. But, man, awesome job. And that defense, whoa, watch out. Watch out in Washington. I see it as just another piece, just another step. Right. Washington, all, let the Cowboys have all the hype. Yeah. Let the Eagles have all the dysfunction. Washington's had their fair share of it in recent years. Right. Let the Giants continue to be this – this team that we're like, we're not really sure what they are. Washington quietly, consistently building and building and building and building. And it's going to be fun to see what they do this year. The Raiders cutting center Rodney Hudson was what, Chris? Shocking, but not shocking. I'll say it was shocking because, you know, the big thing is they just traded Trent Brown. You know, we got word that they were going to release Gabe Jackson. Uh, now Rodney Hudson, who's still one of the better centers in all of football, you know, that, that it's, it's, you know, I'm surprised the team, one of their, their mantras was their offensive line and how they were going to beat you up physically. Now, when you dig deeper, I, I do understand a little bit, you know, they got a lot of holes to fill. They can't have the most expensive offensive line in all of football. And I think they got some guys. But what do you do? I know. What do you do? Well, this is the hard time thing with like guys like you and me with this position, because Gruden's not an idiot. I mean, Gruden's a smart guy. He's not going to just sell them down the river unless he's got some guys he thinks that are coming up the system that he thinks are right. uh, you know, obviously good. I know they drafted the kid out of Clemson, Sim John Simpson, last year. And there's a few other guys they got in the, mi in the mix there that I think they look at as like, hey, it's his time to play and start. And I think that's what they're doing. But nonetheless, I mean, I'm with you. It it's shocking that they've made those aggressive moves. 
Yeah, I mean, they assume that the next man up is going to be able to come in and get it done. It's jarring, though, to see 80% turnover yeah. on the starting offensive yeah. line. Right. That's not an area where you want to see that much change for a team that feels like it's progressing towards something. I know. To have that much go on your offensive line for whatever reason, it's not consistent with the idea that this is a team that is preparing to take the proverbial next step. Leonard Williams' contract extension with the Giants, three years, $63 million with $45 million guaranteed. That is what? Great, Chris. great. Everybody's got to get off the back of like, – I know Dave Gettleman's easy to jump on in all these things. I, I get it. He's made some moves that are not the best. Uh, this one I look at and go, no, this, this is damn good. They've gotten a lot out of this football player. They've, from what the Giants have gotten to the Jets – they have gotten the top six player in the draft. They really have. Ever since he's went to the Giants, he's been the best defensive player on their team, their best defensive lineman by far. And I think between that and the system they run, Patrick Graham, the Patriots guy, right? He's got that versatility where it's, oh, he's de-tackled this week, he's defense end this week. He's a really damn good football player. So I got no problem with the Giants did there. He's their marquee guy on defense. You get it done, you sign him up. Should have done it last year. Probably. Though. See, if you do it right. the first year of the franchise tag, it's cheaper. It's always cheaper to do it earlier than later. But the first year of the franchise tag, you take tag one, tag two, combine them, fully guarantee it. You tack three years onto the back end, and you've got a five-year deal. Now what happens is they got a three-year deal because when you get to the second year of the franchise tag, right, and it's a big number, and year three is the guy walks away as a free agent. Yeah. How, this is the Dak Prescott mindset. How do you take that and turn it into something that he'll trade in? What will he trade it in for? Hey, I'll take my $19 million this year, and I'll go be a free agent next year. What are you going to do to change my mind? Well, three years, $63 million is what they had to do to change his mind. That's just the way it works, and that's what happens when you don't get this done last year. They should have gotten it done last year yeah. and they'd have gotten a five-year deal out of it they'd be paying off year two now at right. a lower number and then they'd have three years after this no doubt that they could control him year to year and keep him around as long as they want all right the bills replacing john brown with emmanuel sanders is what chris you know solid uh, that, that's that's all i'm gonna say i mean i don't i'm not like oh my gosh they got emmanuel sanders but i think it fits a role that's needed within their offense you know, not going to be as explosive as John Brown, but he's going to be better at everything else compared to John Brown. You know, there's more size. There's better route running. You know, he has more of a presence on the field. The thing that's hard with John Brown, too, is just there's not a lot of contested catches in his game or anything like that because of the size of the football player. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, been, been in a lot of different offenses that value route running, whether that's Shanahan with the 49ers Last year was Sean Payton, and now you got Brian Dayball, who runs that New England system. They value route running too, so he really fits, you know, a role that needed to be filled there with that Buffalo passing game. He also brings a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl appearance beyond that into the locker room for a that's team right. that's trying to get over the hump. That mentality can be useful. And there was a time at the Super Bowl one year, it was both Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Norman going around together. They were on different teams at the time, and they were hilarious together. They're now together with the Buffalo Bills, so I like that aspect yeah. of it as well. Next, uh, the Titans replacing Adoree Jackson with Janoris Jenkins is what, Chris? Is actually an upgrade. I mean, it's an upgrade. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is a really damn good cover corner still. I bet you the Saints, I mean, they, I'm sure they were like, man, are we really going to give away the guy that 
was was maybe the best cover corner we had for most of the year last year. Lattimore came on really strong at the end of the year, but man, Janoris Jenkins again, like I talked about with William Jackson, you know, he is a guy where you can go, you got him for 40 snaps, just cover him. Go around the field, man to man, lock him down. You know, he has that aspect. The Dory Jackson, I like his game, but don't love it. There's been some injuries. It's been a little underwhelming. And Janoris Jenkins, clearly a better player for a Titan secondary that that needed help. Yeah, uh, I agree with you completely. And Jenkins, when you have cap issues, when you have cap problems, sometimes you got to let good players yeah, go, and that's, that's right. what they did. All right, the Eagles allowing Zach Ertz to seek a trade is what, Chris? I mean, not shocking. Um, one, I think we've heard the rumors that you know the Eagles were shopping him. There's not a great market for Zach Ertz. You know, Zach Ertz is the perfect guy to me that is overinflated because of fantasy football and all of those things. And again, I know he's a really good football player. I'd get down and eat a hamburger off LaGuardia's floor to be have his career, all right? Uh, but either way, you know, I think what people see is, you know, all the catches. And yes, he was on the Super Bowl team and is certainly a talented guy but not to the level what everybody thinks. You know, yeah, it's getting up there in years. And as we've talked about a few times, you know, not a good run blocker. And there's nothing after the catch. Where he catches the ball is where you spot the football. So I don't think there was much of a market, and that's why you're hearing that, that they're going to let Ertz try to figure it out and see if he can get a trade done. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we return, a draft of the best free agent signings of all time in NFL history. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, uh, quick update. How, what, what are 12.4% of you <laughs> thinking? <laughs> yes, it's okay to apply the five-second rule at LaGuardia Airport, says the the very distinct minority, but it's still very troubling. And these are people that we have to sit next to on airplanes from time to time if and when travel. <laughs> during during coronavirus, no problem. <laughs> uh, and there was one response uh, from at Toasty Toaster X, as someone who just built the new terminal, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still don't care how new or nice it is. The moment it's open to human beings... That's when all the other stuff gets in there. So uh, uh, well, that well, yeah. was a very unexpected twist and uh, turn today. Okay. Uh, do we have a trivia question? It looks like no. Is there yes or is there no? I don't have it. No no trivia. Chris, you can have the first pick then. The best free agent signings of all time. What do you got? Okay. I'm going to try and, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid quarterbacks a little here. Okay. Because, I mean, we all we do is talk about quarterbacks. So I'm going to try to be a little different. Not to, to disrespect anybody. Maybe one quarterback I take in the third round. But first off, I mean, how do you not say Reggie White? I mean, Reggie White is free agency. To me, he's the poster child. Uh, and, you know, of course, when he went into free agency, he was the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, might have been just leaving his prime right there on the edge of it. But that was big news. Leaving that vaunted Philadelphia Eagles team and, whoa, he's going to join Brett Favre and the Packers. Watch out for them. To me, that'll always be the, the biggest free agent signing I can remember. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And and that was the moment that free agency became a thing for the NFL. That yeah, and, and Reggie White, and, and this was a little-known tweak in the settlement 
of the antitrust lawsuit that was filed by the players against the league after the 87 strike imploded. The union went away and they filed that lawsuit. Part of the settlement, Reggie White could not be franchise tagged, or he would have been. He would have been. But he was one of the named plaintiffs, and the named plaintiffs were not allowed to be franchise tagged, and that's what allowed him to go on that tour that put and there was Phil getting swallowed up by yeah, we des- Reggie White. Uh, we but, deserve uh, a percentage of his, his salary there he made in Green Bay. I mean, gosh, Phil just, you know, got sacked by him all the time. We we helped him I, out. I think didn't we have the trivia question recently what he got on that first contract? It was four years, seventeen million dollars, which Some, something crazy yeah. like that. All right. Uh Drew Brees for me. Yeah. Uh free agent who the the Chargers in 2005 applied, I believe, the franchise tag to keep him around. His original contract expired after 2004. They had drafted Phillip Rivers. They weren't ready to move on fully and completely to Rivers. He became the free agent with that shoulder injury that happened in his final game with the Chargers. 20-plus studs in his shoulder. The Dolphins said, we can't do it. The Saints took the chance. 15 years later... He retires as one of the great quarterbacks of all time, delivered as many Super Bowl championships to, to New Orleans as Reggie White did to Green Bay. Yeah. So uh, Drew Brees, and you can make the argument that he's even, but when you consider full impact on City, that Drew Brees is even above Reggie White. Yeah, I, I hear you there. That is, it's, it's definitely one of the greatest free agent signings ever, especially when you take into account, you're right, the circumstances of the City and then Drew Brees' injury coming off of you know the, sh- the, the shoulder surgery and all that. Uh, just remarkable, you know, what he did from that point on. It really is. All right, my next one, I'm staying on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going prime time, prime time. Deion Sanders, yes. Deion Sanders might be, you know, you, you could say twice, you know, whether it's going to the San Francisco 49ers in 1994 from the Atlanta Falcons. You sat there and you just went, oh, man, the 49ers are good. Are they as good as the Cowboys? Can they really beat them? And then they got Dion, and it gave them a whole different feel and aura about them to where you just went that year. You just went, they're not going to, they're winning the Super Bowl. You know, between Steve Young and the way he got going and Dion doing pick sixes and all of that. And, and then, of course, the next year with Dallas Cowboys, he goes there and wins the Super Bowl there. So Dion Sanders, without a doubt, to me, is, is one of the greatest free agent signings in, in the history of football. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and got a ring in 94 and a ring in 95 and a lot of money along the way. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning, 2012. They lined up to get Peyton Manning. He was very careful. He was judicious. He ultimately chose the Broncos and right out of the gates at a time when we didn't know what he had left. And if the Colts had any idea how much he had left, I don't know. Would they have, would they have pressed pause on Andrew Luck and kept Peyton Manning? I, I'd like to think that if you could get the truth out of Jim Irsay, he'd say, especially with Andrew Luck retiring after only eight seasons, it, it, it may have been worth it to keep Peyton around for 2012, 13, 14, 15 and push for a second Super Bowl win because Peyton Manning got that second Super Bowl win in Denver. So uh, I, I remember the intensity of the coverage. Yeah. What a big deal it was nine years ago when he was released, right. when he was courted, when he signed, and then the double whammy because they unloaded Tebow onto the Jets after they got Peyton Manning. That, that gave that story an even extra, uh, you know, a little bit little of a boost. Kick. Yeah, you're right. De- definitely. De- and, you know, of course, Peyton Manning, we didn't know where he was physically. Like, what's it going to be like? You know, they have a great defense there. Is their offense going to be good enough for him to thrive? And then they signed Wes Welker. And, of course, they had Demarius Thomas at a young age and all that. And, I mean, he did special things those first few years. There's no doubt. Man, 
I, I'm I'm tempted. I mean, because I got a lot of good names on my list. Of course, there's Tom Brady on there. Jim Plunkett's a guy I think about. I mean, of all the free agent signings, he's the guy that won two Super Bowls off after that, even though that was forever ago. But I'm going to go with Charles Woodson. I'm going to go C-Dub, all right? The old C-Dub from Michigan, you know, of course, got drafted by the Raiders. He went there, had a good first few years of his career, played in the Super Bowl, had that, like, I believe it was turf toe for a few years there that kind of led to some underwhelming plays on the Raiders, but then went to Green Bay, and not only was he awesome, but like a Deion Sanders, just gave them a different juice on the defensive side of the ball and could do everything, nickel, corner, safety, whatever you want. You know, he became a guy that could play really all positions in the secondary, and he was a big part of them getting that Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers in 2010 and doing that. So I'll go with Charles Woodson as my last one. I think it was Defensive Player of the Year. I think you're right. I think you're right. He was. So Woodson goes to Green Bay, and they win a Super Bowl eventually. Peyton Manning goes to Denver. They win a Super Bowl eventually. Deion Sanders has that bang, bang, back-to-back, 49ers, Cowboys, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, one each in each stop. Reggie White goes to Green Bay. They win a Super Bowl eventually. Drew Brees goes to New Orleans. They win a Super Bowl eventually. So a Super Bowl win gets you a seat at the table. Apparently. Tom Brady. Yeah, he has. That'd be Tom Brady. Right. He's one, and, and he's one for one. Yeah. He, he's the only one of all those guys who has a chance to get to number two. And he could get to number two as soon as this year. Peter King and I were talking about this yesterday. The idea that keeping the band together is no guarantee that you're going to be great no. again. It's no. not. But but when you have that force of nature in Tom Brady, who is, who is uh, determined to get to number eight, it's not about number two for him. It's about number eight. Yeah. I, I just, I think that. Yeah, I look, a lot of things can happen from week one to week seventeen and into the postseason, but they're positioned. They're in the they're in the conversation no doubt. more than they were last year to get the second. So I'll go with Tom Brady and yeah. maybe he should have been even higher. Well, yeah, right, I mean, let's yeah, take a break. Probably, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, you're right. Probably. Probably. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and and you're right. I mean, that, but it's weird that we've seen a Super Bowl team that's got this many young players in their prime and things like that. That's where it's unique compared to other I feel like most Super Bowl teams, you got a lot of, you know, guys in the seventh and eighth and ninth years of their career, and now they're going to look to leave the team and get one more payday before it all ends, and that that's what's unique about this Tampa team. I also had Shannon Sharp on my list, Simeon Rice was on my list, and Curtis Martin was also on my list, just to give those guys love, because I think they were pretty awesome free agent signings, too. Simeon Rice, yeah. I mean, he was with the Cardinals. You don't think of him as a guy who was with the Cardinals. But he comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2001, and in many respects, he was that last piece of the defense he was. that pushed everything over the top and helped win the Super Bowl 2002. Right. All right, we'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Well, this is a bit of a surprise. Von Miller making a statement. I have totally bought into being a Coloradan for life, let alone a Denver Bronco. I want to be here forever through the thick, the thin, the Super Bowl seasons, the losing seasons. I want to be here forever. The Broncos picking up the option, a $7 million guarantee on an $18 million salary. This is the last year of Von Miller's contract. I'm surprised it happened. And it doesn't it, – it, look, look, George Payton, the new GM, could have something up his sleeve. There could sure. be a trade in, in the offing. You can't rule that out. But it looks like the Broncos willing to at least carry, obviously, the $18 million cap charge and go forward with Von Miller on the team. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we weren't sure which way this was going to go. Uh, I understand it, though. I do. You know, for, this is one of the freakiest players in the history of the NFL. So they're not. They're gonna. They're gonna play the the card of we think he's gonna come back and be on a mission and and kick some butt. And also, I also think about Vic Fangio, who's probably sitting there going, "Wait, you know, it's a big year for me here in Denver too. It's year three. Not to say it's make or break, but it's kind of getting into that type of conversation as we know in this day and age in the NFL, to where he's going. I I I'd really like to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb at full strength one year, and you really see what my defense is all about." Um, so I understand that that's cool. And, and to your point, who knows, maybe they restructure things to lessen the cap hit or do something like that. Ex We've seen a lot of that here lately. Extend, extend the contract, right. give right. him some money up front, give him his 18 million, right. spread it out, keep him around. He, it's clear he wants to stay. By the way, just in case you're confused, free agency begins at 4 p.m. Eastern today can't wait to find out who's gonna go where chris that's when it I'm happens i John must U. know smith to the who's Patriots. gonna sign where <laughs> i'll i'll see your john U. smith and i'll raise it on hunter henry to the patriots i predict that's <laughs> You're gonna crazy happen. whoa i'll go matthew judah on that <laughs> no uh it's still exciting we'll, we'll see and we're gonna see if some of these teams pull out of some of these decisions we'll see where it goes hey, there's some other names out there too kenny galladay juju smith schuster plenty of guys yeah. still not yet agreed to turn See you tomorrow. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.